Well done, good and faithful servant. Depart from me, for I never knew you. Now, God would never judge a child this way, but it does paint a picture that most of us would rather not think about. One day, strangers, loved ones, and yes, even our kids will stand before the judgment seat of Christ with eternity hanging in the balance. Will we love them or leave them? Will we disciple them or will we desert them? Will we consecrate them to their God-given identity or will we condemn them to separation from their one true Abba Father? God, we come before you this weekend and we pray that you would help us know, see, and experience what is most important, that you would help us know your priorities. God, I'm going to speak against doubt. I'm going to speak against fear. I'm going to speak against generational curses. And we are going to believe who you've called us to be and what you've called us to do. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Now, speaking of what's most important, Jesus was asked that very question during his ministry here on earth. Jesus, what's the most important commandment? And he reaches back to Deuteronomy chapter 6 and he says this. It is to love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Now, a lot of us have heard that. You may have heard that in some form or other. But I don't know if you've heard the rest of the passage where it says, these commands that I give to you, you are to put them on your heart. Impress them on your children. It says to talk about them when you wake up and when you go along the road, when you're on your way to school, when you're on your way to work, when you lie down and when you get up. What if we actually lived this? What if we actually lived and acted with the end in mind, the well done, good and faithful servant? What if we believe that this is our calling? What if we believe that this, that this was our purpose? But Pastor Zach, I don't have any kids. Right? Or, or maybe, hey, my kids are grown and they're out of the house. Or maybe you're thinking, I'm, I'm single or I'm just a student. I, I, I can't. I, I don't. I won't. Whether you're young, old, a, a child, you're married, you're live at one of our campuses, or you're watching online later in the week, if you're a Christ follower, please listen. God has called us not just to love Him with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, but to teach others to do the same thing. That's our calling. That's our purpose. That is who God has called us to be. Right after Jesus died for our sins and rose from the grave so that we could have eternal life. He meets with his disciples one last time in Matthew 28. And starting in verse 16, he says this, Then the eleven disciples came to Galilee and went to the mountain that Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. Listen, but it says that some doubted. This weekend, you probably already experienced a little bit of doubt, a little bit of insecurity, a little bit of fear. Listen, doubt does not disqualify you from what God has called you to do. It just doesn't. We all feel it. It's a matter of us being faithful through it. It keeps on going in Matthew 28. It says, And then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this last part. 
teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. There is an undoubtable, an unshakable, an undeniable priority all throughout the Bible and all throughout what God teaches us that regardless of our real problems, regardless of our real distractions, regardless of what's going on in our life, we are called to pursue other real people with the real love of God. He set us free to set others free. He gave us purpose to help others find their purpose. He called us to be disciples so that we, like I said in Matthew 28, we can go and help others be disciples. Listen, I'll go this far to say to be spiritual fathers and mothers in our homes, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, in our cities. That is who God has called us to be. As Pastor shared last weekend, real love starts in you. And real love starts at home. Hey, my name is... Zach Stevens, it's an honor and privilege to serve you as one of our pastors. I want to thank you for making Faith Promise part of your weekend. I want to give a shout out to our Bristol campus. We're so proud of you and excited. Do we believe in our Bristol campus and what God's going to do there? We cannot wait to see what God's going to do. Uh, We're so grateful for you, God Behind Bars, and the campuses meeting all across East Tennessee. We're excited about what God is doing at every campus this weekend. God has been so good to us. Listen, no matter where you are physically or where you are spiritually, whether you're curious, whether you're new to faith, or whether you're just checking things out, can I just welcome you? Can I welcome you to what I pray is your home? Welcome home. We're so glad that you're here. And we hope and pray that this weekend will give you hope towards how God has called our homes to operate. And listen, I pray that that's the case no matter what your home life looks like now. All year long, we've been challenging ourselves and challenging those around us to pursue and just to revel in God's favor that he's put on our life. In, in, um, in Psalms 90, verse 17, that's our theme verse for the year, it says, May the favor of the Lord be upon us and confirm the work of our hands. Yes, confirm the work, the obedience of our hands. Now listen, just by virtue that you're here at all of our campuses, by virtue that you're hearing this, there's favor on your life. There's a calling on your life. But how can we be sure that we're moving in the same direction that God is moving? How can we be sure that what we are doing is the right thing, that we are doing what we're supposed to be doing, that we're following the call that we're called to? Because being a parent, whether it's a biological parent, whether it's a spiritual parent, is hard work. Sometimes we miss it. Sometimes we get it wrong. There's a recent study that I read, that, and this may, you may just be convicted that maybe you got this wrong. Uh, the, the study actually says the most reliable indicator of a positive outcome in adulthood, which is what we want for our kids, what we want for our students, the most positive outcome, the most positive predictor from educational attainment to mental health is not academic ability. In other words, it means that good grades and success in school and college are not the secret sauce to happily ever after. And I don't say that to condemn academics. I believe we should give our absolute best there. But I say that to ask you this. Are we willing to reconsider success in leading and discipling our families? Are we willing to reconsider priorities? Because, hey, we, we ought to ask, what do we do now? Uh, that, that's been the plumb line for families for so long. Hey, get good grades. It's all going to work out. We all need help. I don't have it all together. But let me show you, let me show you a video of what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm dealing with at home right here. I was the only 
That's, that's my son who says, Dad, if you don't let me out, I'm going to pee. I let him out. I thought he was going to go inside. He didn't. He just starts peeing right there. So obviously I honk at him like a good dad. Let me tell you right now, if you're not honking at your kids, you're not doing it right. All right? It's amazing. I've got literally 20 videos on my phone of me honking at my family. Awesome. Do I lose points over it? Yes. Is it worth it? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right? So, hey, we, we want to do this together. Being a parent is not easy, but we want to help. We need help, and we're going to do this together. In the first century church, one of the early fathers, his name was Paul, he wrote something in 2 Corinthians 14 to a church struggling to know what is next. Now, this is huge, and this may be a paradigm shift for how you view the family. It says this in 2 Corinthians 14, starting in verse 14. It says, I do not write these things to shame you. Again, can I speak against your doubt? Can I speak against your insecurity? That is a lie. If you feel condemnation right now when it comes to being a spiritual leader of your home or of people in your life, that is a lie from the enemy. Even Paul had to say that. I do not write these things to condemn you, but to warn you and to advise you as my beloved children. For even if you were given 10,000 teachers to guide you in Christ. Now this is important. Let me frame this up. We as staff on Faith Promise, we are teachers. We are guides. That's who we are. We are not meant to take the place of spiritual mothers and fathers. And let me tell you why. It keeps on going that passage and said, yet you would not have many fathers. And it qualifies that by saying, who led you to Christ and assumed responsibility for you. What's so important about a spiritual mother or a spiritual father is they assume responsibility for somebody's spiritual growth. Now, pastor, he is my biological father, he is my spiritual father, but the reason he can't be all of our spiritual fathers is he ain't got that kind of time. I'm taking up most of it, all right? We, who, you don't amen that, whoever amen, I'm just joking. <laughs> but that, but we, we need to take spiritual responsibility for people. It keeps on going. Paul says, so I urge you, be imitators of me as I imit as just as a father or a child imitates their father. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you have kids? In the room, just raise your hand. If you have kids at home, so many of us, awesome. So, hey, I'm going to ask you some questions. I want you to reflect on these this week. They're not easy, but let's live with the end in mind. So let's think, think about these things. How many good years do you have left with your students at home, with your kids at home? How many car rides do you have left? How many bedtimes do you have left? How many good talks do you have before they're gone? Now, maybe these are hard to answer because they're hard to qualify, or maybe they're just hard because they're, they're convicting. But let me ask you this. If your home imitates you, what will their walk with God look like when they leave your home? If your kids, if the people living at your home, if their walk with God imitates your walk, like Paul said, what will their walk look like when they leave your home? Because parents, hey, we're real. Hey, we're real. We could come and we could laugh. I, again, I've got 20 videos of honking at river. We have a great time. But can we stop and not play church and live with the end in mind? Because if we want our world to get different, I'm not, I'm not a negative guy. I think the best days of the church are ahead. I think revival's coming. But it's going to take some spiritual mothers and fathers to see that happen. See, parents, we come along 
beside you to guide you. But we can never replace you. We're here to support you, to hold your arms up, to help you. But listen, you can feel the weight at all of our campuses. But just like the Apostle Paul said, this is not to beat you up. This is not to shame you. But hey, listen, if we don't tell them of him, if we don't witness in front of our kids, how will they ever know to do it? Right? My, parent, my kids feel the awkwardness whenever I ask our server, hey, when I say Jesus, what do you think about? What do you think about? But my, but my kids are hearing that as a normal conversation. If we don't show them, how will they know? If we don't show them that growing together, the group is a big deal, that's a priority, that their, their calendars are going to get full. You guys all have seen the world shove out group, right? If we don't show them that serving others, that loving people to Jesus, putting others before ourselves, if we don't show them it's a priority, how will they know? If we don't show them that giving generously is the way to actually living in freedom, that it goes God and people, relationships, and money down here. If we don't show them, are they going to have to learn the hard way through bondage like we did? If getting in God's word and in prayer, if that's not just shown and taught but modeled, when are they going to learn? Listen, we show our kids the priorities by how we live our life. Let's not make them crawl over our priorities to get to God's. Now, as I was preparing this message, and I know, I know it feels hard. I know it feels heavy, but this is key. And as I was preparing this message, I just feel in my heart there's people that your kids are far from God. Can we take a second as a family and pray for those kids that are far from God? God, we come before you right now. We just want to beg you. You say in Scripture that you are Abba, Father. You say in Psalm 139 that you knew us before we were ever born. God, sometimes it's hard for us to realize, but you love us and our kids far more than we could ever imagine. And so the fact that they are far from you, that they are far from your church, that they're far from your community, that they are far from their purpose and calling Jesus that you died to give them, it's heartbreaking to you. Holy Spirit, will you just, will you guide them back? I pray that there would be an anointed text or a phone call that goes out from parents, that we would lay our pride down and we would pursue them, that we would live with the end in mind, that we would care the most that they are in relationship with you. Jesus, would you bring restoration? Would you bring life to relationships that are dead? Please, God. God, you can break generational curses. You can set people free. Only you can. In your precious name we pray. Amen. If you were to ask parents that, kid, that their kids are older, Hey, do you wish you would have set priorities differently? I bet you they would say yes. Let's live that way now. That's why it says in Proverbs 22, chapter 6, it says, start children off in the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. Let's show them now intentionally. By the way, that study I mentioned earlier that said academics are not the premier indicator for success, the two things that are, are cooperating and resolving conflict with peers and helping others. We do that in groups and we do that by serving. Cooperating and resolving conflict. My daughter, she's in first grade, she's already in group and they're a bunch of sinners, right? So, so they're, they're up there resolving conflict, learning how to not scratch each other's eyes out, but they're doing that in group and there's a godly woman up there who's helping JL's group move closer to God, right? We, do, we help others by serving. 
And you may be thinking, but, 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 but Pastor Zach, what about the kids and students and adults, uh, young adults who don't have spiritual mothers and fathers? You may be sitting there right now thinking, I don't have a spiritual mother or father. I don't have somebody who is concerned with my eternity. I don't have somebody asking me about my quiet time. Can I just encourage you, faith promise, we are going to adopt those people. What we're going to do here is we're going to make an environment where anybody who comes and says, hey, I want a spiritual mother, I want a spiritual father, whether they're in kindergarten or whether they're in, whether they're in assisted living, then we're going to make a space for them, faith promise. Can we do that? Can we get excited about that? That's who we're going to be. So, hey, let me ask you, who are you spiritually mentoring? Who are you talking to with the end in mind, with the well done, good and faithful servant in mind? Hey, listen, if you would say, Zach, I need a spiritual mother, I need a spiritual father, I want, I want to encourage you to sign up to serve. If you sign up to serve, you're going to get, somebody's going to come alongside you, we call them coaches, and they're going to ask you about your quiet time, they're going to ask you about sharing your faith. But let me show you this, let me, show, let me, just, let me just show you this picture of a family, J just to drive this sucker home, and then we're going to do something really cool. But th th this, is, this is the Davis family. Uh, Pastor Jamie Davis is one of our group's pastors, and his wife Stephanie, and that's Jordy, Lily, and Daisy. Now, if you can't tell, those are not their biological kids. They've adopted all three of those angels. We love, we're so grateful that they do it. But listen to this. I asked Pastor Jamie the other day, I said, hey, is this a fair statement, Jamie, that the biggest difference between you and their biological parents is that you're there every day? And you just saw his face. Just there was a level of simplicity. He said, that's it. They don't have all the money. They don't have all the opportunities. They don't have all the answers. God knows we don't have all the answers. But you know what they do have? They have showing up every day to be spiritual mothers and fathers. To put in the top priority in those kids hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. We want to provide a place not only where everybody has a spiritual mother and father, but also where we can guide our spiritual mothers and fathers so that we can see revival through our kids. The, the world doesn't have to get darker as we send out light in our kids. So we're actually going to do something really fun at all of our campuses. We're going to invite our, some of our guides up, some of our pastors up. I believe it's our kid pastors up first, so uh, we're, we're going to have them. All of our camps, will you welcome your kids' pastors as they give us some guidance? Come on up here. As they give us some guidance to lead our families. Thanks, Pastor Zach. Are you guys enjoying the Family-ish series as much as I am? Is it incredible? So incredible. But as I was listening to Pastor Zach bring the word today, I just felt this heaviness on my heart, this, this weight and responsibility that we have to be spiritual mothers and fathers. My name is Chad Funk, and I have the honor and privilege of being on our kids' team here at the Pellissippi campus where we exist in FP Kids to help real people with real problems find God's real love. It's just our real people are a little short and potentially have a, a smidge of attitude or sass. Um, and, and I see some of your kids upstairs, so I know who they are. One thing that we can do to help our kids be set up for success is help them know God better. We can help them know God better by being in his word. Scripture is clear. Psalm 119, 105 says this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And we believe that the best way that we can help you guys be spiritual mothers and fathers is by coming alongside and partnering with you, helping get you resources, helping encourage you, commit to praying for you as you guys guide your kids in their journey of faith. Now, if I could just share a story for a second. 
Our daughter, Taylor, is graduating this weekend, and she is knowing God better because we made it a priority in our home. She spent time in FP Kids where other men and women of God invested in her, spent time in students where men and women of God showed her what God's word said about her and who her identity was in Christ. Now, it doesn't mean we had this perfect household. It didn't mean that we didn't make mistakes, that weren't perfect parents, said things we shouldn't have said. I'll be honest, we didn't sit around the table eating locusts and honey and quizzing each other on Leviticus, right? I mean, we did the best that we could, but I'll tell you this, we were intentional about making God known in our household because you don't get a redo. Once they move from three-year-olds to four-year-olds or second grade to third grade, that previous journey is done and you don't get to go back and have another impact on that. So here's three things that you can do as spiritual mothers and fathers to help your kiddo know God's word better. Have a verse of the week. Scripture learning and memorization is so important. It's going to help them know what God's word says about who they are and the plans that he has for their life and the amazing purpose that he has. You guys can just simply take turns picking out a verse out of the Bible and just going over it at bedtime, at the dinner table, while you're in the car driving to a soccer practice or a cheerleading camp, whatever that is. Also, our kids get monthly memory verses in FP Kids, so you should be seeing one of these magnets come home. You can slap it on the fridge, the freezer, and as you're going to get kale, or if you're me, Ben and Jerry's, it's just an easy reminder to quiz your kid on a monthly memory verse. You can also do a nightly devotion with your kid. There are age-appropriate resources that are in our environments every weekend, like parent cues and God times, to help equip you to walk through a nightly devotion with your kid. We also have plenty of age-appropriate resources that we can recommend for you guys. Lastly, you guys can do a Bible reading plan together. And if I could be honest for a second, our kids are so exposed to things on the internet, on the playground, at school. Listen, they are ready to come up on your lap as you guys are going through the Faith Promise Bible reading plan and hear the word of God at an at a age-appropriate level. Listen, they're not seeing anything different in the world, so let's not show them something different in God's word. Give them the word of God as it is. Now, we can also give you age-appropriate Bibles. If you've got little kiddos, we're glad to do that as well. Every single week, our volunteers are teaching your kiddos Bible stories and passages. So easy thing, just ask them what they are learning. It is a great way to have a conversation with your kiddo. We also have a ton of other resources that we would love to get in your hands. You can stop at the kids' check-in desk. There's a QR code on a sign-in sheet there. It will help you receive a text every single Sunday with questions, with guides to help you through the week. We have summer fun coming up. It is amazing. All you got to do is sign up. You get the summer fun box. And we have three days that will help you know God's word better with your kiddo that is easy to do at home. One other way, and it was already mentioned, but we would love to have spiritual mothers and fathers volunteer in our ministry. Our teams make such an incredible difference. Listen, if you don't want to have your kid end up uh, peeing on a car like was on the screen, we need you guys in FP Kids. Adults, students, our students are having such an incredible impact helping to change the next generation. And speaking of our student team, I'd love to invite my friend, Pastor Steve, out here. All right, thank you. Yes, let's give Pastor Chad a round of applause. You might not know this about Pastor Chad, but he's an act, he actually retired from the U.S. Olympic table tennis team. 
I'm totally making that up, but you bought it, so thanks. Hey, my name is Steve Kerr. I have the privilege of being one of the student pastors here at Faith Promise, where we exist to help real students with real problems find and experience the real love of Jesus Christ. Well, hey, check this out. If you're a parent of a teenager, grandparent, and uncle, can I just tell you, I understand, we understand that sometimes it feels like teens are speaking a foreign language. And if you haven't mastered the art of memes, well, that's probably true for you. But there's good news. The good news is that God actually created the family. And so that means as families, we want to have a common language. And that's one of the many reasons why prayer works. It's like the age-old saying, families that pray together stay together. That's right. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You see, this is how we do it, Faith Promise. This is how we model for Gen Z, our students, our teens, how to talk to the Heavenly Father. If you hear that and you feel stumped, like, Steve, I don't know where to begin. How do I begin in our family with something like this? Well, flip to the book of Matthew, go to chapter 6. And read the Lord's Prayer with them. And here's the best part. Invite them in because Generation Z, they want to be co-creators. They learn best when they get to participate in what is happening. And I don't know about you, but I know in our family, we pray at mealtime. But can I ask you a question? Do you only want to hear from your student once, twice, three times a day? Probably not. What if we demonstrated for our children how to talk to the Father continuously? What if we prayed on our way to school? I'm a dad to a five-year-old and soon to be seven, and he'll tell you if you ask. Two little boys that are in FP kids, and we have created the habit, we have started the habit of praying on our way to school every morning. What about praying before a big decision as a family? Or better, praying after a big decision has been made. Mom, dad, aunts, uncles, grandparents, what about letting our students see, what about letting our teenagers see us pray? What if they could hear our heart for the Lord every day? Final thought, whether or not you're an actual parent, a teenager, grandparent, whatever it is, you are actually in proximity to teenagers right now in this very room. And Faith Promise, let me ask you, what would it look like if we made a commitment to learn the name of three teenagers in our community? What if you wrote down in your journal the name of three teenagers? And you might be thinking, Steve, I don't know how to do that. Well, we can help you because we would love for you. We would love for you to partner with us in just that way of praying for a teenager every day. That's how we do this. You see, when we get serious, when we get real about leading teens into a real relationship with the Father, that's when revival happens. And we want revival, right? Revival is reconciliation back to the Father. Well, I have the privilege every Wednesday uh, amongst many student pastors and the Faith Promise family of leading hundreds of volunteers to do that for thousands of teenagers. I would like to tell you if it's okay about a story about just one teenager. You know, I know COVID has hit us all very hard, but for students, for teenagers, it's been devastating. In particular, one student, one young man named Blake, he showed up after COVID on Wednesdays completely disengaged. 
And you could see it in the way he acted. You could see it in the way he was talking. He was overwhelmed with despair. But what happened was two men committed, two spiritual fathers committed to show up, not only on Wednesday, but throughout the week in his life. And can I tell you that now Blake is actually leading his small group every week in devotion time. That's right. He's bringing friends to church and people who have never heard the gospel, students, teenagers that have never heard the gospel are hearing it because Blake is sharing it with them. Faith Promise, God is working through adults just like you and me, people who think they don't have it all together. But we don't have to because it's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit working through us. And because of that, families are being transformed. Generational sin is being broken. But there's one more. Just like we hear every week, there's one more. We leave the 99 for one more. So let me ask you a question. Is God calling you right now to be a legacy maker? Will you step in and become the spiritual father, the spiritual mother to a student, a teenager that desperately needs you in their life? We'd love to have you join us at FP Students that will make a difference. You will make a difference that will long live your life, your time here on this earth. Now, I know there might be some other people in this room like me growing up. Maybe you didn't have a mother or father, or maybe your mother and your father weren't the spiritual parents you needed. And so as you hear this, you're overwhelmed with a sense of loss. Maybe you just don't have that spiritual leader in your life. Well, there's good news. You see, the good news is that God wants to be your heavenly father, and we want to be part of your spiritual family here at Faith Promise. This is God's will for you. Don't take my word from it. Check out what Paul wrote in his letter of, in Romans. He said this, he said, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we are children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Paul then writes how we can actually join that forever family. He says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. So if you're ready, if you've never given God his place in your heart, we're going to do that together right now. Because here at Faith Promise, no one prays alone. So we're going to ask everyone to bow their heads, close their eyes, and we're going to pray with me. We're going to repeat after me this prayer. God, thank you for wanting me. Please forgive me. I want to be part of your family. I want a new heart. I want a new life. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. I will love you and follow you, no matter what.